0: Hello, and welcome to episode number five of the Geekspin Podcast, where I speak with Eric Coleman and Lizzie Crow from the band Cheshire Moon. I hope you're enjoying the podcast, and if you are, perhaps consider supporting it through Buy Me a Coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash geekspinpodcast. Your donations will help me continue to bring you interviews with great artists about the music that you love. That's buymeacoffee.com forward slash geekspinpodcast. And as always, support the artists we feature by visiting their websites and buying their music and merchandise. Now, on with the show. You have my sword, her bow and their phaser. You have
1: our dragon, her wand, his lightsaber. You have their special dice, her sonic screwdriver. We are united by what we love. We are.
0: All right, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Geekspin Podcast. Today we're going to be speaking with recording artists Shashar Moon, Eric Coleman, and Lizzie Crow. Welcome to the show.
2: Hi there. Thank you so much. It's good to be here.
0: Well, I guess the first question I want to ask you guys is how did you get involved in the filk
2: nerd music community? You first. Me first. Um... I've been a musician of some sort since I was in high school, so a number of years, uh, <laughs> pushing fifty years now, um, and I've been going to cons for about ten years. And I heard about these music circles, and kept meaning to look into it, meaning to look into it. And I finally did sometime in the early two thousands. I wandered into one and sat for about two hours getting up the nerve to do a song and played one of my funny songs. And I got nice laughs. And then I sat for about another hour, hour and a half and didn't get the nerve up to play again and left. And I did that a few times over the course of a couple of years. Um, One of the people there was was convinced that I was walking in playing the song and leaving. He says, no, you don't understand. I'd be there for hours just going, my stuff doesn't fit. But I realized that they liked my funny songs because I was speaking about, you know, being a geek, and um, and being being a nervous geeky boy, and so I played around cons for years, um, just doing my solo singer singer songwriter thing.
3: Um, I actually got dragged into Filk thanks to two friends of mine, S J Tucker, who is also a recording artist, and a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours named Evan. Um, S J Tucker had a show in the city of Chicago. Um, and I was helping her tear down because I know what I'm doing. And she said, you're coming to DuckCon this weekend, right? I am now. I didn't know DuckCon was. I didn't know what a DuckCon was. I figured <laughs> it, was co- it was a it it was was sci-fi con, but I'm like, I don't know what a DuckCon is. Let's go see what DuckCon is. And so I ended up at DuckCon. And Evan saw me when I walked into the hotel lobby because he recognized me from the show. He's like, you're here for the music, aren't you? Yes, I am. And so he and his wife and another, um, what became a mutual friend of ours, walked me down to the music room. And incidentally, that was when I ran into and was introduced to a certain tie-dyed gentleman.
2: I was just walking down the hall minding my own business. Um, and I see some friends walking toward me with a young woman who I who I didn't know. And uh, I looked at her and went, wow, she's cute. <laughs> okay. And then moved on. And because I went, you know, she's never going to be interested in a geek boy like me. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh.
3: <laughs> anyway, so um that was the first time I was in a folk circle that night. We both got broken by another recording artist named Adam Seltzer, and that was when I first heard him laugh. And I'm like, Okay, man with a good sense of humor, I like that. He's more than just cute.
0: Uh when did you guys decide to form uh Cheshire Moon?
2: Okay. Um so a couple cons later, um sitting in a song circle one night, I'm there with my band, my, my then-band Toy Boat, which is a hard rock geek band, um, who are are still going. I'm just not a, not a member anymore because I can't play drums anymore. Hurt my hands. Um, and we we have our little circle set up. So I have this electronic hand drum, this sounds like a full drum set. We have little amps and stuff. And she's sitting on this platform in back of me. And I, I, I'd run into her and I still thought she was really cute. Um, and she sang a song a cappella and so there's this amazing voice coming over you know over 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 my shoulders and i've been working on some music and i've been thinking about another project um more of a folk rocky thing you know based on fairport convention you know some of the british folk rock of the 60s combined with a little bit of a post punk thing from the 80s into it and And you know a little bit of a jangle pop thing and i and I needed a singer, and suddenly, I heard this voice, I went, "That's it, that's the voice I'm looking for." and I turned around, I looked at her, and went, "You and I have to talk
3: I thought I offended him. It was the first time <laughs> I'd ever sung in circle. I thought I had upset him, he was so intense when he looked at me, I literally ran from the room. He had to chase me down the hall.
2: <laughs> and I said, "You know,, I' no, no, no. understand." <laughs> I love your voice, and, and and I'd like to do something. And
3: one Chicago convention later, he pulled me up on stage for two songs, and he realized, you know what, this works.
2: Yep. Also, um,
3: another thing that was realized by everyone in the room except for him: Hi, I like you. Yeah, there, there
2: are photos. <laughs> there are photos from that set, and I describe them as: she's looking at me in the way that everybody hopes someone will look at them at Aww. some point in their lives. I'm just sitting there going, and I was clueless. I had no idea. And all my friends are like, oh, he's in so much trouble. Um, <laughs> and and um, about eight months later, you know, she slapped me upside the head. Uh, but we'd already been, we hadn't really worked on any originals yet. We hadn't written anything, but we were working on, on some songs by some other people here and there, mm. and hadn't seen each other much. And at the end of that year, um, after we had we started dating, and that's a whole long different story, uh, we started writing songs together. Who
0: would you count as some of your influences?
3: I'll
2: let you start this one.
3: Oh, good grief. Um, mm-hmm. Some of our influences, um, the English folk band Renaissance, um, the Drovers. Um, Interesting enough, S.J. Tucker um, is a big so influencer. um has idea a lot wise. To for. Yeah, she has a lot to answer for. As he said... The Fairport Convention, um, Richard Thompson, kind of guitar players, um, what else? I think I covered just about everything. For you, anyway. Yeah, for, for, that's for me. (laughs) That's for me.
2: (laughs) My, my major influence performance-wise was this crazy Scottish rock singer named Alex Harvey, who, um... His bands, I saw them twice back in the 70s. They, they put on the best live show that I've ever seen. And he was already in his 40s when that band, you know, started, started getting noticed. He'd been around the scene. And, um, he just had this amazing attitude. This whole, you know, I can take you attitude. Um, just, just, you know, and the, the that that entire band just walked on stage like, okay, we now own this room. Everyone, you know, hang on to your seats. And so it, one of the biggest influences just in terms of onstage attitude, just being in control. Um, musically, um, I'm, I'm a huge Pete Townsend freak, big influence on my guitar playing. She mentioned Richard Thompson. Um, some of the rhythm stuff that he does, it just bleeds into our music. Um, and beyond that, I mean, I can I can go on forever because the amount of music that I, I listen to and the range that I listen to is kind of strange. I listened to your show when you were talking with Eric and Jen, and Eric and I are a lot of the same. We, we're we the same Eric's in, in a lot of ways. We just listen to such a bizarre range of things from, you know, um I count amongst the best live shows I've ever seen, you know, the sensational Alex Harvey band, who I mentioned before, and Benny Goodman. Um, you know, because I saw this amazing Benny Goodman show back in the seventies.
3: Jen and I essentially married the same kind of Eric.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Crazy
3: guitar players.
0: Yeah. Um, so you're both multi instrumentalists. Uh, Lizzie, you play uh, violin, mellolin, which I haven't been able to find uh, any description. <laughs> That's my
2: word.
3: Of. That's his word. He made up the word.
2: Okay. okay so <clears throat> i right, that... I'm, I'm 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 a huge prog rock fan. And one of the instruments that was very important in the seventies prog rock is a thing called a a a a mellotron, and it's 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 a keyboard that runs tapes, and every tape is a note, and so that that ethereal orchestral sound that you hear in like a lot of old Yes records and Genesis records that's a mellotron. We have a pedal, we have an emulator pedal on her fiddleboard, that makes it sound like a mellotron. And so I decided that that was now called a metal lid. It, it doesn't exist anywhere else outside of this band. Um, it was, it was basically my joke. And so, um, y- you can hear it on a couple of the 52 songs albums, um, songs. It, um, it's on, um, Strength and Fire is the main one where, yes. where, where it's this big, you know, kind of synthesizer sound. It's just her fiddle running through this effects pedal.
1: Dancing across the path on two stones. A light-burned woman calling to a place I did not know. But a dozen colors, its soft line held a song. A voice I knew and yet did not. Our love's what makes us strong? The sharp wind wrapped around me. As Cold, it held back all I could not see and all I did not know Rage around us And be they lost or won The truth burned bright within us We are the fire all along No price is too high To raise our final song And sing the bang of peace Once more our love's what makes us strong Burn, children, burn Our colors, our night still holds our song. Our voices carry on where our love's what makes us strong. Our love's what makes us strong. Our love's what makes us strong. Our love's what makes us strong.
0: Okay, so how did you learn to learn uh, play all those instruments?
3: Um, I started the violin when I was nine in school. Um, I played until I was 16, and I developed TMJ, which meant that I could either continue my instrument and not speak again outside of my 20s, or I could give up my instrument, and reluctantly I gave up my instrument. Um, I picked it back up when I was 35-ish. year about um, Six
2: or seven years
3: ago? Yeah, six or seven years ago. Um, when I realized that country players don't hold it with their chins, they hold it, they, they lay it on the chest. And so I realized there was right. another way to do this and not have it affect my jaw. <laughs> no, interestingly enough, I have gone back to some of that more classical positioning and it's not hurting anymore. So whatever was wrong with my jaw is no longer wrong with it, which is also fun. But um, when I was in middle school and playing the violin, I fooled around with a cello, a friend of mine's cello, a friend of mine whose grandfather pulled my teeth from my braces. (laughs) Everything is connected. The world is this big. (laughs) But um, but yeah, no, um, I messed around with his cello and I got a lot of the actual vibrato on the cello right. And I got a lot of that uh, fingering and positioning right. And I held on to that. And so when the opportunity presented itself, um, we were able to get a hold of an old English 1960s practice box cello, and I got a lot of my skills back up to where I really wanted them to be, and then we ended up with the electric cello that we have now, and so, yeah. I managed to get all of my middle school string skills back.
0: That's awesome. And Eric, yourself, you play guitar, crevoli... Craviola, Craviola, there we go, and uh, hand drum. So you mentioned that you were a drummer, but you're also a uh, guitarist as well.
2: I, I play a lot more than those two. Um, I play guitars in multiple tunings. Um, that's always been one of my things that I like alternate tunings. Um, so I play in 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 a C tuning. I play in Dadgad. I play in standard. I also play um mandocello, Ma- um um, Buzuki, um 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 the, 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 the Craviola is a South American 12 string guitar that it's 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 more it's it it's the shape of the body. It's still just basically a 12-string guitar. Um I also play uh Puerto Rican quattro. Um I think that's it. That is it. I think that's it. Um they're they're all guitar type instruments, um, but they have different voicings, they have different feels, they have different numbers of strings, different tunings. Um, I like it because it. it I, I'm 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 a pretty rudimentary player overall, and it, it it gives me the ability to have a lot of different voices in what we do musically, backing her up. Um, yeah, I mean, I used to travel one guitar, and that was it. You know, I, and now we we travel with a van full of gear when we go places because we'll have eight or nine instruments on the stage with us
3: for a full show he has to tune 84 strings for all of his instruments, 84.
2: Mm. And, I, 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 and and back to your original question, I, I started as a drummer in punk bands back in the seventies. Okay. And then um, gave that up when I started playing guitar, because I always wrote, I always wrote lyrics, but I didn't play an instrument to where I could write music. And I finally decided that I was going to do that and taught myself how to, how to play guitar. And then I got back into drums, oh, 14, 15 years ago with a Toy Boat and played with them for about five years and then damaged my hands because I was a, you know, middle-aged man trying to play with the same energy that I was when I was 19 and ended up with four hand surgeries and went, I can probably still play drums, but I don't want to push it. And so I, I quit like, I can still play hand drums because that's, that's a different process. And I do play a bit of that've I've, we've got three or four or five hand drums around here as well but this is the room where it has all the instruments um it's you know it's it's all the walls are lined with all kinds of things and 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 um I just like having all those different voices and it takes me out of boxes it means that I'm not always playing G c and d I'm not always playing your basic chords um I'm coming up with you know, different voicings and different feels and um, different, different approaches to every instrument. Cittern, cittern's on there as well. I play cittern. Yes, you do. Know. That's, that's one of my notes. So
0: on your albums, you do uh, do some collaboration, but when you guys are playing on stage, uh, is it just the two of you?
2: Usually. It, it, we will occasionally. Uh, we had a third person in, in the band for several years, Susan, who lives in Chicago, and she will play with us when we're in, in Chicago. Uh, when we did a guest of honor slot at OVFF, we brought in a rhythm section. Friends of ours, Barry, and Sally Childs, Um He plays bass, she plays drums, and she plays any kind of drum that you can think of. She um, is
3: a human metronome. She is amazing. She's,
2: she <laughs> she's <be>. incredible. <laughs> we have played with a couple other fiddle players here and there. Uh, we have some friends of ours who will get up on stage with us and play some hand drums occasionally. Uh, we're actually we want to find a full time hand drum player, but it, it, we live in Iowa that 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 becomes difficult. Right. But yeah, so uh, it, it is generally the two of us live, and then um, in 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 the studio, our rhythm section now is generally uh, my son on bass. He's a guitar player generally, but he's he's uh, he's got all of his he's got three other bands you know of his own. And he's an amazing, amazing guitar player. He he left past me when he was about twelve, um, and and the drummer from one of his bands plays with us, Gus, at, as well in in the studio. And we've talked about doing a show with them. And it's just it, none of us have the time to to rehearse it well enough, and right. we feel we can do it live. Uh, but yeah, no, no, it, the, the the core of the band is just us. Uh, what's your songwriting process like? <laughs> Oh. Process? What's that? Today? <laughs> um, Yesterday, we recorded a song for our Patreon page. And we went downstairs to the synthesizer studio. Because I've got a bunch of synthesizers set up downstairs. Because i got another side project that I'm doing synthesizer stuff. And Lizzie just did a couple layers of things. I set up a drum beat. And, and she sat down and just played the chords. And that was it. Um, sometimes I will be sitting and I'll be improvising. And she'll go, do that again. And I'll start playing it again. She goes, okay, hang on. And she'll go flipping through her book and goes, okay, play it again, and she'll sing.
3: Now, you're probably wondering about the book. The book is where I write down everything that goes through my head. Single lines, verses, um, thoughts on choruses, thoughts on, you know, songwriting subjects. I have these, you know, I have several books that are just lying around the house and in my bag and I have an assortment of pens that are around all the time so that I can write down whatever it is that goes through my head.
2: We we will be doing um, a Facebook Live thing every once in a while. And I'll be just sitting here playing guitar because um, I'll just get on and I'll just improvise. There's a couple hundred of those videos now. And um, Lizzie will walk in and goes, okay, keep playing that. And she'll start singing and we'll write a song right there. Um, sometimes she will hand me words and chords and say, okay. Here's the feel that I want, and we'll arrange that. Um, it, it, it varies wildly from song to song. Um, it's, it, it's very situational. It, it's, it's, if it's in an alternate tuning, I wrote the music. If it's on one of the non-guitar instruments, I wrote the music. Um, if it's in standard tuning, more than likely she wrote the music. And then I took it and interpreted, you know. And I, I will usually edit. Um, she tends to write things in a more simple manner than than they need to be in their final thing. But but, but she comes up with, with a good framework, and I go, okay. The bridge is essentially the same as the verse. We need to change the bridge around, and that's 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 the main thing that I usually change. But it it's just it's it 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 changes every, every time. Um, it's always a little different, and that's what. That's part of what makes it fun for both of us, and what keeps it being fun is that we've not settled into routines on these.
0: Now, there's one thing that kind of caught my eye that I really love about the band, the term mythpunk. Now, was that a term that existed before you started, or is it something that you created?
3: It existed before we started. Um, The term was actually coined by author Kat Valenti. If you don't know who she is, go find out. She's amazing. Um, she used it to refer to a particular genre of music where it is fanciful. It is talking about, um, fanciful subjects and stories and ideas, but it has a very postmodern or modern setting, a postmodern feel, things like that. Sensibility to it. Yes, sensibility. That was the word I was Mm looking for. You know, princesses who don't wait to be rescued, who, you know, give me a sword. I'm getting, I'll, I'll slay that dragon. Give me a horse and I'm out of here. And, you know, that kind of idea structure, you know, lots of individuals not waiting to be rescued, you know, getting up and doing what they got to do. And so that was the term that she coined for that. And it fit us perfectly.
2: Yeah. S.J. Tucker was kind of the first person to be termed that. And I think Kat came up with Kat kind of came up with it, I, I think, to talk about her books also. Yes. And and Suge picked up on it, and then I mean, there are more of us now. I mean, uh, we're not the only ones by by any means, but um, but yeah, we, that's definitely how we identify is is myth book.
0: So obviously, uh, you two are fans of books. Uh, who are some of your favorite authors? Uh, who do you draw inspiration from?
3: Oh, good lord!
2: Um, <laughs> you want to think about him? You go is first. Um, my first great love in you know science fiction and fantasy was Edgar Rice Burroughs. Um, you know I grew up in an era where you could go into a used bookstore and buy his entire collection for seven or eight bucks. Um, I, I, I was going in and I was I was buying these books for like thirty cents a piece, reading them that afternoon, going in going back in trading them in, then spending twenty cents on the next book and just going around and around and around. Uh, Michael Moorcock was was one of my favorites when I was a teenager. I outgrew him pretty quickly. His stuff tends to be you know, I, I it's either the the kind of semi-juvenile, you know, um um power fantasies or stuff that just is way more complicated than I want to deal with. And he had these kind of two eras. Um I I loved Lynn Carter because he just shamelessly ripped off everybody and did it pretty well. <laughs> Um, and so I've, I've, I've read, you know, all of his, I've I read all of his Burroughs books. I've read all of his, you know, you know, all, all, all the people that he ripped off from other places. His um, Highland ripoffs. I, I love, um, I love David Eddings. I, I love the, 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 the two of uh, the, the Bukhariad and, and, and the Malorian. I, I like books that, that I can, I can kind of wish myself into the characters that I can, I can, I can really latch on to somebody in it. Um, it's why I've, I never really liked Tolkien is that I, I don't feel that there's any people in there that I can really communicate with. And so I, I, I don't tend to like that sort of thing. Um,
3: Tolkien also tends to use archetypes that are absolute and mm-hmm. in malleable. And because they are so unable to be moved, they're, unable to evolve, and so you're not, unless you fit that specific archetype very well from the get-go, you don't really get into these characters. Hmm. Because, I mean, I love Tolkien because I'm Mary Eidoc, and I know it. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am Mary, and I know it. And so that was what always got, got me through Tolkien, was knowing that I was being taken off to Isengard, and I was riding an Ent, and I was doing all these things. And so, um, my authors, my, my mother is a huge Isaac Asimov fan. And so Asimov and Bradbury are where I started.
1: Right. And
3: so I, I did, uh, those were my, my high school years were just Isaac, were Asimov and Bradbury explains a lot. Um, (laughs) and then I moved on to, um, I just moved on to whoever happened to strike my fancy. You know, I was... Just old enough for um, the Potterverse to uh, catch my attention. Um, Mm -hmm. I love the Harry Potter universe. I love the characters. I hate the author. The author can kiss my great big ass. Later on, I got into the books of Gail Carriger, who wrote The Parasol Protectorate and several other series that are really great. And they are, you know, Victorian England plus vampires plus werewolves. Plus, you know, lots of fanciful magical things. And it's really interesting just how easy it is to insert that into everyday life. It's urban fantasy, but you gotta go back 150 years. It's interesting. Um I've also gotten into a more recent series that you know speaks to my wheelhouse pretty spectacularly, and it's called Twisted Tales. And it's sanctioned, Disney sanctioned change one detail and create a what if story there are 12 of them they're written by like four different authors and one of whom is elizabeth Lim, and she is amazing and so i'm really loving her work and i'm just going through this series book by book because it's it's everything that i did in my head when i was a kid when i was watching disney movies i would i would watch these movies over and over and over and over and i would think to myself wait a minute what if this one thing didn't happen? Or what if this one thing changed? How would that affect the entire rest of the story? Would it be completely different? And that's what these authors are doing. And so it, it that really speaks to me. And it also speaks to my current level of, you know, creativity and thought process because you know it's like, what would happen if Rapunzel hadn't waited eighteen years for someone to come along? What if she tied her own hair, cut off her own hair, tied it to the to the uh window sill, you know, climbed down and just taken off? You know what? What would that look like? You know, right. we wrote that song. You know, what would happen if Snow White was more magically powerful than the than the Wicked Queen? Is that the reason why the Wicked Queen wanted her dead? Turns out, according to the original story, yes, it was. But you know, what would that look like? And <laughs> then, what part would the dwarves play? We wrote that song too, and it's that kind of thing.
0: So you're really trying to tell stories, obviously.
3: Yes, we, oh, yeah. re- we really are trying to tell stories, and it's it's stories of taking control of the power that you have, not getting more power but taking what you have and running with it and doing, you know, finding your own way, you know, very Moana style, find your own way with what finding you have your own
0: strengths. and finding, finding your yeah.
3: own path. And one of the reasons why I love Moana, because it's like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, no, those are, those are my authors and influences as well.
1: A curse of golden hair I never wanted. A golden stare you asked for every single day. You locked me in here, but you couldn't take the moonlight. Now I'm cutting loose to find the things that you never taught me. You can keep my hair, I don't need it to be pretty. You can keep my tower, I don't need it to be strong. I'm racing out to find the places where the sun and moon have coffee. When you can't see either one at all. The only thing you loved about me to the window. I'm down and gone, leaving all I know behind. I've hitched a ride on, a story all my own. And when the sun comes up, never been so happy to be blinded. So I'll keep running until I find an ocean. Then hop a ship and find what's on the other side. I'll chase any dream I find a long way. I'll never know what might have been. Silent and afraid, but my wings are on the open road, and I'm learning how to soar. precious princess pet or puppet call me selfish call me immature and call me vain i'll never stop until i hit that far horizon even if i never make it it's worth the price i pay so you can keep my hair i don't need it to be pretty you can keep my tower i don't need it to be strong i'm racing out to find the places where the sun and moon have coffee but you can't see either one at all i'm Bombs open to what comes my way I just can't stop and I don't ever want to try I broke the skin and found the colors beyond black and white And I no longer care if you get mad Cause I'm chasing down the morning And into the world I fall Having coffee with the sun and moon
3: And never looking back at all
2: I started this band, you know, we started this idea, you know, I f- found this singer and another friend of mine was originally going to be the lyricist. And um, Lizzie started showing me some of her prose, and I went, we don't need an outside lyricist. Um, we don't need, and she just started these stories, these amazing stories, these amazing worlds started just pouring out. Um, you know, we're we're working on two concept albums right now. One of which is set in its own little fantasy world that is pretty fully realized um and so yeah it's 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 um at at a certain point, I went okay i, I, I it is not necessary for me to write any words for this band, um so I could really concentrate on the music and just you know, as i say i'm I' have a little bit of ground for her to dance on um and tell these amazing stories. And that 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 has been just one of the most fun things about this is ev- every lyric that I get is an adventure um, of its own, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. As soon as I heard uh, a few of uh, your songs, I, was, I had dragged my wife over and was like, "Honey, you got to listen to this. Got to listen to this because uh, <laughs> there's so much in there that very much appeals to her as well." Our uh, our basement or. Sorry, the main level, our living room, is filled with about seven or eight bookshelves, all of them filled, and we probably need another. Actually, we probably need at least two more, so.
2: Our, our, our upstairs is, you know, very mundane looking. You know, she's got a little office in the corner of our living room, but other than that, and then, you know, I've got my computer in, 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 in the dining room, and then you go downstairs and the walls are covered with gaming world maps and, and big shelves of games and knitting and books and, you know, now synthesizers down there. So, yeah. We, 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 our, our house looks very quiet and normal until you start looking at the details. Except
3: for my paintings that are on the walls.
2: Which are lovely. They are lovely. Very but, abstract, but, but, but very lovely.
3: They, 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 they do draw attention.
0: They do. <laughs> are, is that uh, some of your cover artwork?
3: No, I'm not that good. I am very abstract, very... Um, it, it doesn't
2: matter being good, it's just it, it's the wrong style.
3: It is a very different style, but also, if you ask me to draw something specific, I suck. <laughs> it's true. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm far more toward the the nebulous, the less mm. formed and kind of idea structure based.
2: Yeah, we, we, Freestyle. we, oh yeah. I did the album cover for the first one, and it was from photographs. Um, so there was no, it wasn't anything drawn in that point, but we wanted. A very real feel for it, and so it's it's a picture of a lake that's north of us, um, and then the the most recent album cover was a little quick caricature that somebody did of us at a at a con for like a buck, mm-hmm. and we've never been able to find out who she is because I, I wanted to pay her more money for it, but I, we never find out who it was who who actually did it, and so there's, right. there's a caricature of, of, of the two of us that is, that captures us really well. It does. And then, um, I'm blanking on names. Sarah? Yeah, Sarah, whose last name I cannot think of. It's 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 listed on Bandcamp page, who the artists are. Um, a friend of ours, Justin, did one of the EPs. Um, Sarah has done one of the EPs and- um, The Midnight Contingent cover. And, and the Midnight Contingent cover. And Shauna Jacks did
3: uh, the cover for Crows and Consequences. Yep, yeah,
2: good, good friend okay. of hers. Yes, also, very old friend of mine, and amazing artist at, as well. So yeah, yeah, we 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 look every album to us. We wanted to have kind of a unified feel to it. Right. We 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 we, we wanted to be something where it makes a sense as a whole. Uh, ways of of, of uh, wind and water was very much about the world we were living in, it's very much about our current realities. We wanted something very natural to it. Um, crows, we asked for a little quick sketch from Shauna, and she gave us the picture of the two crows on the front and she had not mm-hmm. seen one of the pictures from us playing live that first time where she's looking at me from a kind of an angle and my arms are waving around in the air. And that's exactly what those two crows are doing. It says, have you seen this photo? She went, I hadn't seen that. And so the little cartoon of us on the back cover, she did after seeing that photo. Um, And then Sarah, that that picture that she did for Midnight Contingent, we just gave her a real rough idea. I said, you know, I want a lantern. You know, I want this kind of feel to it. And she started sending us back things that that just worked. Astounding, And then when she added the color and she added the depth to it, it was like, that's, that's perfect. That is the, that that is exactly, I didn't know that was exactly what I wanted, but that's exactly, you know.
3: And we, we try to support our artist friends. Yeah. We, you know, we look for, you know, our friends who do art, who do art semi-professionally, professionally, professionally, who just do it for fun. You know, we, we want to support our friends.
0: Mm. I can appreciate that. I mean, the whole, uh, one of the hashtags in most of my uh, posts is always support independent
2: music. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Have the majority of your albums been recorded at home? Have you done any studio work?
2: We, we um, Everything up to the 52 Songs project was recorded um, by a friend of ours, Donna Miller. Um, the, the, the initial sessions for, for Waze was recorded with someone else and then his studio had to shut down because he had to move. Uh, but Donna, Donna did um, all of the overdubs and the final mixing on Ways. She did both of the EPs. She did uh, Crows and she did Midnight Con- Contingent. Um, she has now moved off to the West Coast. Uh, my son now lives in that house because the lead singer in his band was Donna's son. And so they have their own little studio. And then and she
3: rewired her entire basement.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, she put, you know,
3: XLR connections all through the drywall. Is, it was amazing. It's a beautiful, beautiful space. But it, it is a home studio, but it's professional level.
2: Yeah. And then a um, friend of ours, uh, uh, Brian Dudley, did, did the 52 Songs album in his studio, which is, which is very similar. Um, and he's recorded a whole lot of Iowa acts there. He's he's recorded maybe 50, 60 bands over the years there.
0: Wow. So, which uh, conventions can we find you at?
2: It it changes every year. We we do two or three a year, just because of our budget. Mm-hmm. Um, we are planning on being in Capricorn in February, assuming that that it happens. Uh, we are planning on being at OVFF if it happens. OVFF isn't going to announce whether they're actually going live until ju- the first week of July, and if they announce that it is, we will get our reservations. We will go. You know. Yeah. Um, we try to go to one of the folk cons a year and then one other con, and then we go to our local con, which is DemiCon, demicon DemiCon.org. And we're there every year. It's, it's, you know, two miles from where we live.
3: We, we live, you know, practically walking distance from the con hotel. We don't get a room, but we attend the con. And,
2: and our, our schedule is always up on our website. Um, right now there is, there's probably stuff up there from last year because we haven't updated the website because we haven't been going anywhere.
3: Yeah, there's kind of been no reason to, because we've been stuck like everybody else. Mm -hmm.
1: We all know the lion statues of the libraries, protectors of the knowledge held inside. But if you scratch the right one just behind the ear... Show you where the secrets lie Catnip came to life one night along with all the pages Paper dolls with flat, inky smiles The pages bring the books to you day and night, two by two But Catnip tells them just what to find Battles are biography, muggles are geography Step to stride right and you will see a camp caught in a library Waterfalls of history, truth and truth archeology magic, and of mystery, the hidden library. In the windows, you'll see lantern light drifting through the night. For midnight is the busiest of hours. Calling books of life and death and dreaming And the love that every blackened heart desires Catnip is their search engine He's a stone card catalog And his results come out as mice and rooks But if you catch the right one The mice will tell you stories Of everyone who's ever held that book Battles are biography Muggles are geography Step just right and you will see A cat caught in a library Falls of history, truth in archaeology Magic a mystery, the hidden library Goblins in the reading room, minty crows in the rug Salamanders in the lamps and pixies keep the coffee mugs There's twelve and women make the tea and make the garden grow But catnip keeps the naughty ones, pretty faces all in a Fly. The stacks hum softly, songs long forgot And to their voices, catnip always smiles For when no one is looking, he prowls into their keep, To preen and purr and join their songs all oh, while wow. step through the cracks, behind a door Or backwards through an archway And bring along a treat fit for a cat Mind your manners, quiet please But never go into the stacks Or you might find yourself scolded by a magical cat Step just right, and you will see a cat ruling a library. Waterfalls of history, truth, and archaeology. Magic and of mystery, the hidden library.
0: So, what's next for the band?
3: We have three concept albums currently in the works.
2: In two different bands. In
3: two different bands. Because we're insane. Um, we, We have a Patreon as well. And the demos for one of those concept albums are going up every other week there. And I got a wild hair the end of last year to write a song for each of the cards of the Major Arcana of the Tarot. We're about two thirds of the way through. They've got about four or five left. So it's it's coming to an end, it's coming to a mm-hmm. close, and most of them are good as they are, they just kind of need to get spruced. And very few of them, I think there's like two of them that need to get rewritten completely because they're disastrous. But that's okay, because that's part of the process too. And so we got that going. We have um, the first of the um, concept albums that we were trying to get done, that was supposed to get recorded last year. And well, last year kind of didn't happen for most people. Um it's called Callenwood, and it was very much a a fanciful perspective on the times we were living in, very divided, very uncertain, and it ends well, it ends very well um and it's just a matter of you know seeing things for what they are and not for what you're necessarily told to believe. It's about believing what you see, and going with that. And so it's it's very it's very interesting. There's a, there are a couple internal storylines that are happening, uh, that the album that you'll know, happen throughout the album. It's it's fun stuff. And then there is concept album number three.
2: So um, I got my synthesizers back out a few months ago. I was in a, I was in a synth band back in the eighties because um, it was the law. Um, yeah, you had to, and, and um, I, you know, we, we wrote a whole bunch of songs. We played, a, you know, a fair amount of shows, and it just kind of we, we each realized we all wanted different things, so we split into wildly different directions. And about ten or twelve years ago, I started getting interested in that again. I bought a couple synthesizers, a couple of emulator synths that just do a lot of different sounds, and, mm-hmm. and I, I was writing some stuff, and it didn't really work out. And then over this over this year, really since the first of the year, I started playing again, and um we kind of talked and I got a little bit of a budget to buy some new toys so I brought a you know bought a drum synth and a bass synth and a lead synth, and the name of the band is Shifting City, which is after John Fox song and album. John Fox was one of the great um you know synth artists of the early eighties uh he was he was the original lead singer in a band called Ultravox, and who I saw play. In 1979, and they changed how I saw music because the way that they were incorporating synthesizers into what they were doing was just amazing, and it's huge influence on what I'm doing. So, and it's it's um, it's a science fiction tale that I'm just still fleshing out, and I'm trying to get lyrics written for, and I, I haven't written lyrics in a long time, so it's it's a struggle. But it's gonna be very abstract, and it's gonna be very very late 70s, early 80s analog synth sound. I, I want to do it, you know, just all those sounds, just pre digital synths. Um, you know, right. I want that, that very brittle, you know, big thick, you know, combination of brittle and thick and and dense with, you know, very edgy rhythms and, you know, very skittery rhythms. And um you can you can find a whole bunch of samples of music um on my SoundCloud page if you look for Tide Diaric. Um I've I've got like sixteen samples of just bits and pieces of music that I've I've been writing. So yeah, we're, 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 um, we're ridiculously busy (laughs) with (laughs) plus working full-time jobs. Plus, you know, dealing with, with life and everything else. So,
0: so you have a Patreon page, uh, where can people find that if they want to support the band?
3: Um, cheshiremoon.patreon.com. We're really easy to find. We're the only Cheshire Moon up there. And
2: if you go to our webpage, cheshiremoon.net. All of the links are in in the lower left hand corner yep. on the on the front page. And there are that's buttons also, for everything. That's also a really easy way you can find our YouTube page where we have tons of live video. We, do,
3: we have whole um, live shows there.
2: Um, we 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 um um you can find our our Facebook pages, our Patreon pages, our Bandcamp page where you can buy both digital downloads and CDs because we are shipping. Yeah, and if, if anyone from Europe listens to this, we we are shipping in Europe. We're shipping from Europe. A friend of ours over there has a bunch of our CDs.
3: Yes, he's, he's shipping from England. So if you can get product from England, you can get product from him.
2: Is there anything that you'd like to add? Anything that
0: uh, you don't feel that we've covered that you'd like people to know about? We can go on for hours is
2: the problem. <laughs> <laughs> we like to talk. Um, no, we, 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 if this is, we've been a band just about, our first show was 10 years ago next month. And it has taken us to both coasts. It's taken us to England. It's taken us to Canada. Um, it's, it, it, it still amazes me. You know, people like something that I do. Um, because I, 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 I suffer from imposter syndrome really badly. <laughs> that's not true. I do it really well. Um, that's a matter of opinion. Yeah. <laughs> My my act when I was playing solo was mostly making fun of myself, and I'm not, I'm not supposed to do that anymore. Um, she makes fun of me if I make fun of myself.
3: <laughs> and the only other thing I would add is, speaking directly to the audience, if there has ever been a time in your life when you have loved to do art, go back. Mm. Do it. Don't ever let anything stop you from making art if that's what you want to do. Whether it's physical art, whether it's music. I have wanted to be on the stage literally my entire life, and someone in high school told me I wasn't good enough. It took me until my you know, late 20s, early 30s to actually get up on stage, and I was freaking terrified, because I still had that voice in the back of my head saying, you're not good enough. Oh,
2: she was. She was so good.
3: I was just, I was literally shaking in front of a microphone. Do not let anything stop you from making your art. Even if all you ever do is publish it on Instagram, do it. Even if all you ever do is, you know, paint in your own house and you hang it up on your walls, you did that thing. Do it. Do what makes you happy. Do what you love. Do not let your art sit inside you and fester. Let it out into the world. The world needs more of it.
2: I I quit for 17 years. I just, I, I, I played guitar at home occasionally and um labor day 2000 i i got back out into the world and that's what i've been doing now for the last 20 years is going out and playing music ever since and and it's been the best time of my life it's been the most creative time of my life in a time when when most people stop being creative i'm i'm 62 years old and most people when they are hitting that age they're, they, they realize that they have a favorite chair you know um not not that you know I want to go and I want to get in the van and, and travel somewhere and play music, and so that's that's it's it's just if you have the slightest inclination, go do it it's 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 the best thing for you
0: oh, it's good advice, excellent advice actually well, Eric and Lizzie, I want to thank both of you for coming on out. I really appreciate it I had a great time talking with both of you
3: Thank you so much for having us. We really yes, appreciate it fun.
0: And a huge thank you to Lizzie Crow and Eric Coleman for coming out today. If you enjoyed their music, please check out their Bandcamp page at cheshiremoon.bandcamp.com. And as always, support independent music. That's all for this week. This is the Cory Geek, signing off.